This is an IFTA screen discussion. Welcome to the IFTA screen discussion series, putting focus on each of the feature films submitted for this year's IFTA awards. Every week, we're putting the spotlight on a variety of diverse feature films representing the best of Irish filmmaking. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by the filmmakers and cast of Lakelands. We're joined today by writer-directors Robert Higgins and Patrick McGivney, actors Danielle Galligan and Aina Hardwick. Um, the recent and for one of the first inaugural screen international rising stars of Ireland. So <laughs> I suppose that's a nice jump off point to uh, start off with and embarrass you here, Aina. Um, congratulations. How do you feel about that? Uh, thanks a million, Nathan. Um, great. Yeah, great. Like it was, it was a lovely surprise and, and I think, yeah, nice to be in the first Irish crop of them because it's lovely. It's always nice when you're like with your peers, I think, in those things, when you look around the room and you know, either the people themselves or their work, that definitely makes it a bit sweeter. Um, and it's just been a great year for film in Ireland as well. So yeah, it was, it was made it all the sweeter, definitely. And I'm sure you guys are all very proud as punch as well. As always, as always. <laughs> no, we were so delighted with uh, the amazing work the guys did on the film. So any uh, anything that comes uh, that it might contribute even in the smallest bit is great because we think they're just so talented. Absolutely. And uh, with regards to Lakelands, um, Rob and Paddy, can you tell me a little bit about the origins uh, of the the idea and why you wanted to tell this story? Yeah. And um, so I suppose the origins start very early in that we met at football training when we were literally kids. So that's probably where the real origins are. But we fell into the old corporate jobs and that whole thing in Dublin for years. So we started getting back to writing then. And when we were in our mid-twenties and just stories from our community kind of really started, they were the ones that really resonated with us the most. And we thought it was just kind of interesting. Like we both grew up playing football for years and we always thought it was a little bit odd that it hadn't kind of been documented in, uh, you know, comparison to a lot of other things that are touched upon in Irish cinema. So we really just felt there was a little bit of an area to explore there. And it has very kind of unique culture, rituals and routines. So we really felt there was something to, to dig into there and use that then as kind of um, a jumping off point to like look at life in rural Ireland in general, uh, relationships between young people, immigration, these all kind of stemmed from from that initial kind of um, way of looking at things. So I suppose it started very early and it was just kind of something that kind of always resonated with us. Yeah, and I might just jump in there as well, Rob. Um, I suppose just one other factor, I suppose, that was, I suppose, maybe a, a driving force or a bit of a guiding principle was just the fact that Longford and the Midlands are kind of underrepresented in terms of film and, and are often kind of misrepresented in terms of kind of national coverage and, and, and media. So I think we were keen to, I suppose, showcase Longford from our perspective um, and to, um, yeah, I suppose, bring... Um, talented people like Danielle and Anina and, and the rest of the cast and the crew to the Midlands and to, I suppose, bring um, a story that we knew very well um, to life. And, and it was a real kind of privilege to work with them and work with a cast of their calibre and, and the crew of the experience that we had um, on our first feature. Yeah, I think you're definitely helping put Longford on the uh, filmmaking map anyway, guys. Um, <laughs> But the, the film also sort of touches on 
concussion and obviously which inspires a bit of a crisis of confidence and, and it is a, a, an element of the sport that is still lacking a little bit and you know people don't really want to deal with it in case of the consequences of what might happen to players or their layoff and stuff um how exactly did you sort of research that and did a lot of it come from your own experience you know coming up with the sport yeah for sure um i think initially um you know we were looking at kind of the culture around the ga um, and i suppose how that culture has been depicted um, and again how that culture affects and the players who are kind of most uh, involved with it. And so I think that was kind of the jumping off point. Um, And then I suppose concussion is something that um, myself and Rob have both seen firsthand. And we've been lucky enough not to experience a concussion, but we have known people who have had multiple concussions. So um, I think within that culture, this was an element of it that, you know, was definitely a niche within a niche we felt. And um, but then once we started digging, we realized that so many um, people, even outside the GA, are affected by concussion um, and its symptoms can take on so many different forms. And it's probably one of the lesser, um, lesser, I suppose, um, acknowledged injuries or um, researched um, injuries, especially within the GA. So um, I think that was definitely something that we were very uh, intrigued by. Um, and then as well as that, um, once we kind of started researching and speaking to people that had experienced it and we just realized that um, yeah it was definitely um, an aspect um, to GA culture that um, uh, we wanted to kind of explore and um, it also fed into the story itself and I suppose our main character Keen kind of struggles uh, with his identity once his identity kind of um, once he um, realizes that he can, you know, no longer do the things he used to be able to do. So we just thought it was an interesting avenue to, I suppose, get inside his head um, and to begin to peel back the layers that he had kind of built up over um, a lifetime. And uh, the film had quite a unique journey, having won the Bankside uh, Film Marketplace Award in Galway in 2021, and then you came back and returned the following year having made the feature film and went ahead and won best Irish feature film that must have been um pretty surreal experience yeah absolutely like uh <laughs> I mean we started making this in a very grassroots way like just really just trying to focus in on making something personal and something that as Paddy said depicted where we were from and people we knew the young people we knew so we were kind of just honing in on that at that point and like the bank side of award then was a huge boost of confidence for us and it also helped attract distributors with wildcard came on board after that and that kind of was it was all a little bit of a domino effect but um yeah like just playing at Galway was a it was a massive privilege in itself and then to to uh when it was surreal as you said it uh completely um and then of course for Danielle and Aina to get recognized for the Bing Bingham Ray New Talent Award was like it was like it was just really great because we were just so delighted with with them and, and for them and for all the work they did on it because it was really, you know, they really brought so much into their characters. It wasn't, you know, we we developed this in a very organic way with a lot of workshops and they brought so much and it was great that we could all kind of share in that at Galway. Yeah, and, and you were all you were all present as well, weren't you? So like Ain and Danielle, just to bring you guys in, you were you were in attendance as well. So it must have been a, a lovely uh, reunion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
and I think um, it was lovely as well for it to be celebrated on home soil and also like to have our families there. Um, we had like loads of drinks beforehand and had a like all the mums and brothers and cousins and everyone. I think that's like always a really special thing to be able to share it with them as well. Because I think like in this career, they kind of they always tag along on the outsides hearing about everything. And then to be able to see it, it was like the first time that my mum saw me on like a big screen and stuff like that. And that's um, it's special because you want to be able to share it. So, yeah, that's how I looked about it. I think it was the same actually now that you say it I think it was the same time first time my mum saw that as well and she was sitting next to me when the film kicked off and uh it, I've never felt anything like it like the electricity of going something you care so much about that wasn't um there wasn't just another job that kind of felt more than that I think probably for all of us um to see that in a packed cinema with all of your friends and family and as Danny was saying, your community as well. There's something like there's something special about you know recognition at a festival, but when it's at home, especially at Galway, I think there's something. Um, it's like it's affirmation from the people you've you've worked with and come up with the whole way, and that's kind of that's very that's very very cool. And the fact that it resonated with audiences in a kind of an immediate way, like I suppose just the reaction during the festival and and. Um, and afterwards hearing from people, that was that was a first, you know, I, I had never experienced anything like that. And it was it was incredible. Like so I just yeah, delighted that it was a that yeah, that I connected with people the way it did. And I think anyone who's at Galway that year as well, there was something in the air. I suppose it was it's the first full festival back in two or three years. The weather was amazing. Um so it was yeah, it was a lovely one. Yeah. Just to back on the back of that as well, just what you said about community. Um, like there were so many, like the film wouldn't have been made without the community of Granard. And I think, you know, when we got to do our post Q&A, Paddy's mum got a shout out for how amazing her bread was. And like Paddy's dad was redirecting the traffic. Rob's mom was collecting us and bringing us to set. Like it was such a community effort. <laughs> and, uh, and I think to be able to be there and like celebrate with those people was amazing because so often you see the people on the screen or the people on the stage when really it was like we had such a backing of support that I've never felt before in my life so like that was yeah really amazing yeah and I feel like it's it's um I feel Lakelands will definitely set a precedent and there's been a couple of recent independent films that have really showcased how you can really elevate a project by getting the community behind you I know Redemption of the Rogue was similar up in Cavan um and you can you know, it, it, it's a credit to you guys that you were able to piece together the different, the different, the different parts, the local county council, any sort of creative Ireland funding, these different things that all piece together, being able to make this. You know what I mean? And it must have been really special to, uh, to then, you know, or to. Can you tell me a little bit about, I guess, the experience of of then actually making the project whenever everyone knows that it's going on and they know that you guys are here to make this film that's going to, you know, showcase the community. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was just a great buzz around town because, as I was say, saying, like there's not films made in in Granard, like especially like I mean, so you know, word got around and there's all these cars rocking around that aren't normally there, and people just start uh, talking. It was great. Like they they packed out the pubs for us for the pub scenes. That one obviously wasn't too hard to do. They were happy to come to the pub, but. Uh, they came to the other stuff too, like they came to football and they came to everything. They really were incredible. And like, 
I mean, I think any night when we were on a break and the guys came down to the local, like everyone came down to say hello and like, I think Aina got wrapped up in a sing song at one point against his will. And it was just, uh, it was just a real community kind of, kind of vibe, like, cause it, it, was, it was great novelty in, in, in it for the, it's the first time that that's something like that's been made around their town. So like, we just can't thank, thank everyone who wrote in enough, like, cause we practically had a, a film set because people always ask how it can be done for what it was done for. And it was because of the community and for the, and for the, the row in and support we got, like it really wouldn't have been possible without it. If I can jump in there, I mean, you mentioned, Patty mentioned start that, you know, they wanted to tell the story from their perspective of their community of something that obviously they knew inside out. And I think not only for the, for the, good of the film but for the kind of for the storytelling like it's all you know not having the community involved or not having that has a I think has a serious impact on the end product like because not only did it mean we had amazing locations and places to shoot and people helping us out but that informs the whole feel of the the film the whole tone of it I guess it just makes makes sure that it's authentic and that it's the kind of that what the lads had written on paper got translated on screen as 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 well as it did, I think. So it wasn't just uh, it wasn't, I suppose, just our good fortune, but it, it also felt like that kind of is essential to the way the film turned out, I think, uh, and the feel of it. Um so yeah, it was it was a community, it was, you know, community-led film, and that was just the privilege really to be a part of. Um, I, I I do feel that um, I remember speaking before um, with uh, you both, Rob and Paddy, that uh, you know you, you guys did do your time. You said you told me before about you know whenever you first decided to get into this that you were out in the bog, you know, figuring <laughs> out as you went along. Um, and I'm sure for the community to see these fellas that are you know you might spot them in in a ditch doing something, and then all of a sudden they progress up to the point of that they're making a feature film. <laughs> You know, you know, you work, you work your way up the ladder. I'm sure you must have got yeah. a lot of support as you went along. Where they're like, okay, these guys are actually doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there was, um, yeah, quite a few people that still remembered us from the Bog uh, short film, and we're like, what are, what are the what unreleased are Bog short film? Yeah, uh, yeah, my one and only ever acting credit, and, <laughs> and there will never be a second. I have nothing but admiration and respect for actors off the back of that one little experience. <laughs> He did an impressive stunt in it as well. It was. It was I did. It was... <laughs> I was trying to trying to do too much in in one shot. Let's just leave it at that. But um, like I think you know that experience was you know I was it was you know about five years ago at this point and like even though the end product probably as Rob said has been buried like me in the in the middle of the film and <laughs> but, like I think it was such a valuable learning experience and um, because it just gave us insight into the different aspects of filmmaking and the different areas that we felt we had kind of more strengths in and it just encouraged us to bring in the best possible people and put them in the the, the correct places and just to, to build a team and we've been lucky enough to to have to, you know to make sure two shorts since then and, and go on to the feature but um each one has kind of helped us progress so so much so you know we wouldn't uh we wouldn't have got to um to work with Danny and Ian without that bog short. So the end end justifies the means. <laughs> um, and I suppose uh, um, 
whenever you obviously uh, decided to hang up the acting boots you, you needed to look for for new leads in the project and uh, it, it goes without saying that I think uh, Danielle and Aina did a fantastic job in really putting into really believable and um, relatable performances um, can you tell me a little bit about casting uh, both of these excellent actors and uh I'm sure, you know, for you guys having written the script, it, it really came across that you needed two people that had great chemistry on 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 screen and, and were able to deliver it in a in a meaningful way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose what stood out was they both done kind of uh, a lot of kind of diverse, a lot of different things uh, across shorts and TV shows and features. So that was what really jumped out because both of the characters kind of go through a lot of emotions. It's not really like all set in the one tone or anything like that. So we had like specific performances uh, we'd seen in previous work for both, and we were like, those are like amazing. And they kind of really jumped out at us. And we were so delighted to, to get them uh, interested in the project. And we kind of then we were funded by Backstage Theatre to do a little uh, workshop thing, which was amazing. We brought brought them down and we um, immersed them in Granard culture for, uh, for three days, uh, kind of just literally workshop in the, the script. And like, it was great to see they had amazing chemistry then. And they, they brought so much to it from there, you know, just tweaking it, bits of their characters and, you know, lines and just challenging everything and really strengthening everything and um it was a great working relationship like and it's 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 how we like to keep our process because it was so so rewarding um to work that way but um yeah just overall they had such a strong body already and then to work with them it was even even better and to work with them in such a creatively collaborative way was was just a dream yeah, and there's, um, it might have been mentioned already, but there's no harm saying it again. Like, I think, you know, the characters we wrote, we felt were 2D to a point. And, and once we had that opportunity to workshop the characters and, 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 and the script with Danny and Anna, like, we really felt that, you know, they, you know, contributed so much to the characters' backstory, where they were coming from, you know, and that influenced, you know, the emotion of every scene almost, you know, and so to have the opportunity to build out those characters um, and build out those scenes um, with the guys from, you know, a few months, a few months prior to actually shooting was just invaluable. And I think that really did kind of contribute to um, the end product. Um, but again, that was a testament to, to their contribution for sure. And uh, from an acting point of view, what can you guys tell me about uh, your first reading in the script and, and, and sort of getting to know the characters of Keen and Grace? I mean, I think the that rehearsal that we had, like from an actor's perspective, from an acting perspective, that's what you'd want in every job. And you don't really get the luxury of two or three months before shooting getting to have that. So like Danny and I knew each other and had done little bits together before, but we got to spend two or three days with Lorcan as well, going through every kind of detail of backstory, um, the relationships, the kind of history there. And that kind of, like that's such a, that was such a blessing because then you can spring off that very easily when you get around to shooting, especially when it's a short shoot or when it's a feature, you know, you're you're not there for long. I guess kind of 
establishing that chemistry and that familiarity is really important. And like, I kind of knew from the second Danny and I got into the room together that that, that wouldn't be a problem. And I mean, I always say that it's down more to her than me because I think like any like first day nerves are kind of, yeah, stresses you have. I remember, I think our, our scene, one of our scenes was the first scene we did and um, it was amazing. It was honestly like it all just kind of drifted off and any worries about the whole thing kind of floated away because uh, it just felt like a very, very organic process. And that's, I know that word has come up a few times, but it really did. Like it felt like we were, we were building on an already fantastic script by kind of adding thoughts and details we had and making changes where necessary and just adding that kind of like character to it that I think you get in a good story, that feeling that, you know, the characters are painted in great detail or that, they, they, you know, they've, there's a sense of a life underneath it. Um, so, yeah, as I said, to have that rehearsal is so rare. And then when you're working with someone like Danny, it, it becomes very, very, uh, that, that, the acting part becomes, I guess, better than you could have imagined it from the, the script. You know, it, it becomes something bigger than, you know, all the thoughts and ideas you might bring to it. And, um, you know, the, the ideal situation is that when you're working with actors like, like Lorcan or Danny, it's just everything, um, you surprise yourself. And what you find together in the scene is probably 10 times more interesting than anything you, you think you found in the script already. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that I was first struck by the script when I read it before I'd met the lads. Because um, I'm a bad reader, like I, I, I always have to read things a few times to get like a feeling for something. But I think after this, although I couldn't maybe track every character's arc, I just had the, I was like overcome with an emotion. And it was just, it felt like, um, like very felt, like the way that you stand back from a painting. And although maybe you don't know everything that's going on, you're like, you have a feeling, you have an emotion. And I was like overcome with like a feeling that I was like, whoa, I need to go back in here. And I think what I loved about the lads in the script was that it was so specific. And I think like the more specific that you get, then the more general it becomes in that you can relate to people because it's and it felt so true and honest to them. And then obviously from that, I drew like my own parallels within the story and was just like so invested. And I just thought the writing as well was really like brave and like they were like showing, not telling, which was really lovely, which then when the real magic started, as the lads have said before, it was like when we got in the room to do the rehearsal, because there was um they i think empowered us as performers to like uh, and enabled us to like have a little bit of ownership over everything which i think then makes you as a performer more confident and you when there's trust i think like real magic can happen and i remember listening to a dramaturg ruth little speak about a shadow play before about like the play is the thing but you have to kill your darlings all all along but those darlings still stay and they kind of form this shadow play around the piece so they're not words that are there but they're things that are felt and I feel like with Aina and the lads like we created this like really rich beautiful shadow play that was like in all the moments between so then when we were acting we had like I don't know I felt like I was able to like trust the pauses or trust the space or know what I was coming from coming into a scene and what I needed to leave um leave with and things like that which was just like such a gift um, and then also, yeah, when I was training, like I was always told you're only as good as the other actor in the scene. And um, and I think sometimes it can be really scary to really like trust 
someone else and trust an actor and like I've just never felt so safe before ever with Aina and I really do believe like it was the first time for me that that statement from my training manifested itself into reality and I was like 100% like I mean he's an absolute joy uh, but I, I like for Aina so specifically obviously because all my scenes were with him but I really do feel for the lads as well like it was it just felt like such a safe and like empowered like collaborative gorgeous process and it was everyone had ownership over the characters because I wouldn't think of certain things. And then I remember Pat, I was like, I don't get like what the and Patty was like, oh, but you wouldn't say that. And I was like, oh, my God, you're dead. Right. And I almost felt like, you know, everyone knew we all know we knew so deeply about each characters and the motivations, which I think just meant that. Yeah, everything just flowed. Sorry, I'm kind of waffling now, but they're um, amazing. I, I <laughs> To, yeah to kind of chime in on that that comes from the top down as well because like that was this that was the story across the board like it was quite a big cast actually for the film you know um and i suppose i had loads of danny with lorkin uh with dav and with Oshin, and um there was uh and gary lydon we had like they were kind of three or four almost different points of the story like the football the relationship with keen's dad with Grace, with the lads. And uh, there was never a moment that ever felt like, I don't know, like you were kind of performing or there, with the best one in the world and a lot of sets, you know, it does feel like there's a kind of a spotlight on you or something. And um, and <laughs> unconsciously or consciously, little kind of tricks start to creep in or, you know, you do things to kind of, you do things to kind of save yourself. But there was something about the way this set was run, which was, so so helpful to act in because it it just kind of felt like there was there was almost nothing different there was no difference between off camera life and on camera life it was all very very uh it was very very relaxed it was very supportive it was very generous atmosphere so that like when they said action i never felt like that i i'd said danny knows what i mean here like that moment called action your shoulders go up like this and you go oh, shit like what am i going to do now <laughs> There was never anything like that. It's very seamless, very organic. And um, that comes from the way, you know, Paddy and Rob um, set the tone. Mm. And cast and crew, the whole thing was, it's a tight-knit family, which is another cliche, but it's it's there for a reason because it, it was like, but, you know, we, I I learned, I guess the thing, one of the big things I took away from that is when, when, it, when you have that atmosphere, everyone can do their best job. They're not kind of... Um, they don't feel like they have something to prove uh, and everybody's respected and everybody's having fun at work. And, you know, that's good for loads of reasons, but it also makes for a good end product, I think. Um, and I always think the making of the thing should be just as, uh, just as important as the, as the film at the end of it. And this certainly was in this case, like. Yeah, that sounds, well, that sounds fantastic. And I think it definitely does, um, you know, come across on screen um and and another thing that um i felt 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 very authentic was the setting and some of the scenarios like i believe that you sort of got trusted into uh you might maybe you could walk us through being trusted into the 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 calving scene for for instance <laughs> i remember watching that and i was like hold on a second did that just actually that looks like that actually happened on screen <laughs> <laughs> what department would you call that is that like uh, animal handling <laughs> special effects like it was no it was that was one of the beautiful uh chances like accidents of the film i suppose 
So first of all, in that rehearsal period, I got shown around. Um, I got shown around the farm by Park and um, Paddy's dad, and um, like that was I loved it. I loved it. Um, there was a few things you kind of need to, I suppose, get to know in a story like this. I had to start playing a bit of football again unsuccessfully, and and then got shown around the farm and. Uh, yeah, that so thanks Porik for bringing me around and kind of showing me what was what. And then, yeah, there was lots of there was lots of happy accidents on this film. And one of them was uh, I was sitting on the steps, tying up my boots after lunch, and having I think having that kind of post lunch thing going like you know I have to ease back into this now. Like I'm kind of you know, and uh, there was just a call. There was like a shout, and I think it was you, Paddy. Like get down here now. <laughs> And uh, and then put on the boots, ran down there, loving it, like lapping up all the kind of like the buzz of it, the fact that like, yeah, we're making a film and I'm running across. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, this is class. Um, uh, I genuinely, not in a million years that I think it was going to be that, that, you know, there'll be cabbing involved. Again, quick thinking from Simon, the amazing DOP, from the lads, um, from Pete, who's the gaffer, I think he was moving things out of the way, and like it was, it was like the tight, it was like the margins were very fine, and um, yeah, we rolled on it, and that was the attitude throughout the film. You know, it was like again, we've got, we've got a great script here, and I think it's <clears throat> watertight, so we can we can adapt it. You know, if something happens with the weather, or if something happens like that, you're ready to kind of be flexible enough to embrace it and to roll with it. Um, and so yeah, that was that was the work of of Paddy and Rob Porrick. Um, yeah, and, and just to ju just to jump in there, I suppose. Um, so we definitely gave Anna like a good tutorial on all kind of all the necessary farm work, but um, we didn't want to jinx it, so we didn't give him any kind of uh, insight into how you might have a cow, um, because we we knew it it was a possibility, but it was only an outside chance. So, and then literally the first day we're due to shoot on the farm. And as 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 Anna says, Dad came up roaring. That was him roaring, not me calling. And he was uh, screaming the house down. Um, but like again, like Anna literally got a two minute tutorial on how to calve a cow and managed to do it perfectly. You know, so um, sign of a good actor. That <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think if you're able to uh, deliver it as if you've been doing it your whole life, that's a real. <laughs> badge of honor to have there <laughs> yeah my, my dad didn't realize that and um, you know you could obviously dub in the sound afterwards so instead of giving him real-time instruction he was just playing charades from <laughs> just to make his task that little bit more uh difficult but um yeah he, he passed with flying colors well, for sure. credit to the editor as well because i'm sure there was plenty they had to cut it out there I mean, <laughs> a few moments i've had a few long days editing that scene all right <laughs> I bet I know that. And, and like what a gift then because like it was obviously, you know, it's a beautiful moment. Um anyway. So like to experience that on screen for the first time, it's just, you know, a, a blessing. Like we got very lucky with lots of things on this job, and that was one of them. And uh yeah, it was um her name is Enya and she's doing fine and grand. And uh, I got a picture there a few weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah. Who named her Enya? Danny. <laughs> yeah great name. great name and uh and danny just to ask you in terms of um your character grace 
um was there whenever you're reading the script did you enjoy like i suppose i know the guys have spoken about it before of you know what sort of sets this film apart is that keen isn't uh you know a big fish trying to get out of a small pond and wants to get away he's very very content with living in the town has as no one like his ambition is to stay here he doesn't have any that's that is his sort of dream and then has to confront it whenever things sort of derail a bit but from the point of point of view grace she follows that path and then returns and i was just wondering from your own personal experience of going going abroad to to act and stuff was there elements of that that you sort of drew upon yeah, 100%. I think there was always from our first conversation, even the Zoom, there was always like witchy things. We used to call them just witchy things that would happen that were like little coincidences, like Grace was a nurse in Stratford. And when I read the script, I was living in Stratford in London. So, you know, I find art imitates life. And sometimes there's like a weird soup that happens where things in the script start to um, be like mirrored in your daily life. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely drew a lot on that and a lot on the like coming home and I think with Grace, like, uh, she never really felt she belonged in, in like her home, her home, um, her literal home, like her nuclear family, and then also within the town and then going to London and trying to think that, you know, a new place would make things better. She's also traveled, you know, Vietnam and things like that. And I think she never is she's searching for a home constantly, I think. And then there's something about coming back and still feeling like you don't belong. You know, she has that line of like, oh, she's been gone a bit too long. Um, so I think there's something of her, we always said that Grace was just searching for a sure thing, like she can never find a sure thing in her life that she can hold on to. And I think that's the thing that she finds in Kean when he shows up, you know, at the funeral and stuff um, and someone who's just there for her. And I think a lot of, again, like I can definitely relate to that. A lot of people can. And I think there's um, between the two characters, you know, there's something of them searching for connection and um and not really having the words or the um the medium through which to communicate that 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 that's what they need and also i think to search for connection is a really brave thing to do because you have to be really vulnerable because you have to give out and also let someone in i think that's something that they kind of then find at the end and i think that the way the boys handled that in the script is really beautiful and not you know everyone was like are they gonna kiss and it's like no they're not because that's not what it's about and um, which i thought was like such a lovely choice and so refreshing um but yeah what was that it <laughs> yeah no that's perfect um sorry anna do you have something to say there or are we just quietly contemplating quite quietly contemplating um i wanted to ask you as well just about the uh the football aspect of it because i thought um and again it was another thing like that similar to the kiss where it, it you know someone coming to this who was expecting a load of football that's not what it was about but i felt that the scenes that that were involved and we've talked before about the you know they're the nights that i remember from playing football the dark winter nights under floodlights where you're re repetitiously working on something and you're exhausted um can you tell me a little bit about being thrown into that did, did you am i right in saying that you didn't have much of a football background before that i'd short-lived and um a short-lived and unremarkable football career <laughs> and although actually i was reminded today we did one we won the skiing of skull when i was in sixth class it was like if there was a division g it was that it was a division g or something <laughs> like that. but we did win and i played full forward and scored a point um so yeah i came back to it and uh i suppose thank you to st mary's and granard who came out and 
played ball with us for a day, two days maybe, um, which I think made those scenes look really, really authentic. Um, and also to Clannagale uh, in Irish Town, Sandy Mount, I uh, trained with them for a few weeks just to kind of get back to grips with it. Um, I mean, the yeah, I suppose to answer your question, like it was, it was um, so much of the script I could relate to kind of um, fairly immediately. And then you work towards the things that you don't know as much about, I suppose, like what's it like growing up on a farm and where, where football and where training is, is something you, ded you dedicate your life to, which is what, you know, what it is at the highest level, like you are dedicating, you know, most of the week to it and then most of the year to it for year upon year upon year. Um, and I wish I, I wish I had that commitment and that dedication. Um, so like that informs so much Keen's character. Um, and I guess I just learned about that, you know, through playing a bit of football, but then through conversations with Paddy and Rob and through just really getting to grips with what that means, you know, to give all of your, your time to this. And um, when, then, when then that is interrupted, that can cause, I suppose, a, a, a bit of an identity kind of crisis or, or um, yeah, in Kean's case, it does anyway. Um, that I could, I could come to terms, I think we all could, if someone says, you know, one day you wake up and you can't do the thing you love. Um, but then, yeah, you know, you start asking yourself questions like, well, what am I then if I don't have that? So, um, yeah, that was really, like, that was the big, probably one of the bigger leaps I needed to make was to just really get to know um what that's like um and i suppose living for the kind of you know the love of the game but also winning you know winning and championships and games and the, the fact that like there's there's a lot riding on it there's you know your own pride and the pride of you know the club and the people around you um and i think that is filters into the story really really well so yeah it might we might not show a huge amount of football in it but i guess that's the kind of the point is it's about the it's about the the on the on pitch life and the off pitch life um and how that kind of i guess has shaped Keane up to the point where we meet him um so yeah if that if that yeah. answers that and just in writing it as well, we were kind of really interested to explore the effect of sport rather than necessarily the sport itself, where, you know, especially from a writing perspective, you can get, you know, there's only so many ways you can do a sports film where, you know, you kind of end up in cliche territory pretty quickly because there's a big march to a final or something like that. The films we always loved were sports adjacent kind of films like that, like films like The Sporting Life or, you know, um, films like that where it's not just it's it's so prevalent and it's all about it's all about the effect it has on the character but it's not necessarily governed just by that kind of rigid structure so we felt there was a lot more to explore by opening it up that way and being able to do it kind of in a less kind of cliched way or being kind of hemmed into kind of you know the traditional structures yeah i think just on the back of that as well is something that struck me about the script the first time just to like again commend the lads on like always going with the unexpected thing like the anti-drama of the piece or something and the like how the writing at times could be like quite like prosaic but then there'd be something in the scene that would kind of give this like 
like poeticness or like metaphor or something like I always speak about the uh, the dinner with the cling film over it and I have this like really emotionally like a charged reaction to that little dinner with the cling film because it seemed to sum up the whole thing of of like Lorcan's character trying to take care of his son and not quite knowing how and it felt that thing again the football it wasn't really about the football it was about the identity within the football and the identity within the town and community and it wasn't really about concussion because to me concussion is like this invisible illness that you have and that's about the mental illness that like can come from the effect of these sports and these games and these towns and things and I just always thought that like you guys did such a, a beautiful job of of that of having all these little signifiers that um that get you emotionally without like saying what you're at that wasn't very articulate but anyway I just thought it was beautiful and, and in the assembly of the film as well like seeing it the jump off the page it was like yeah I just thought they did such a beautiful job uh, I think very articulate so um I thought you have nail on head with that yeah. because um for so many people I have so many family members from up and down the country who in like GAA is is their life and they train so much and I feel for this film why it's impactful to them is because they it, it contextualizes and in a way that they might not look at it because they are focused on those things you're doing like if we're goal driven you're focusing on winning the game you're not focusing on how much it means to you to be part of the team that wins the game or to be part of the community whereas whenever you remove those things as this film does I think it then causes for instance we're keen uh, to have to realize those like what the meaning of it is behind it so I think and I think that's why it resonates so well so much with people so well done on that guys well, thanks thanks Amanda Nathan um yeah and I think just maybe one other thing to add I think you know um I suppose with the GA we're keen to depict the reality for so many club footballers who kind of you know, commit so much of their life and so much of their time to doing this thing. And oftentimes, I suppose their identity can be wrapped up in the winning as opposed to the contribution. And we just thought that that was an interesting reality to, I suppose, depict. And that really came to life then once we started to, I suppose, workshop it with Danny and Ian and kind of really get in behind the eyes of, the, of those two characters. And um, there's so much, I suppose, um, a comparable energies across Danny and Ina in terms of that like loss of identity search for identity and um, but yeah no I can't uh, just can't thank them enough for you know bringing it to uh, bring it to life if I can like just add to that that kind of as Danny said there that Grace and Keen are going through both going through huge personal things but um but very relatable ones very complex ones and I think the, the script as soon as I read it, what stood out was it didn't never lent into drama with a capital D, you know, as you were saying, Danny, it, 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 it played into the kind of the reality of what it's like to go through those things and, and how you kind of, how you're, you, you search for something, whether it's kind of a connection in their case, or, um, or as you were saying there, Paddy, like, I guess, seeing something, you know, lifting your head up and seeing something else around you that it's not, that it maybe it's it's not just the winning, um, it's the love the love of what you do, the love of the game, the love of the people involved, um, the sense of community and that that I think for both Grace and and Keen, there's moments where like uh, they kind of uh, like a, a light switch flick like kind of flicks on and they're still in the they're still in the place with that they love with people you know that they care about. And they're not taking it for granted. You know, there's like the, a, a kind of subtle moment where I think they 
they realize that and obviously it doesn't mean that everything is fine in the end and life becomes simple and it's all wrapped up in a bow life just goes on and it trundles on but like uh that was that that kind of was something that uh i noticed watching the film rather than i noticed making the film but i really just noticed, noticed it watching the film and it was a nice surprise to go you know we made this but i hadn't really noticed while we were making it that maybe the whole time what the film is doing is kind of going if you put your head up and look around you there's there's pretty wonderful things in the everyday and i just loved how the script leaned into that so credit to you lads um and can i lastly ask you just i'm very interested to know um you've had a couple of opportunities to bring the project abroad and i know that um i was whenever we first spoke about this um i was very intrigued of the idea of someone in the us who's grown up as let's say an american footballer um who's experiencing the exact same thing as keen but never realized that there could be this person in rural ireland going through the same sort of universe like the universality of it all um and how relatable it is it doesn't really matter where you are because these these themes are very relatable um what has the feedback been been like internationally and has there been uh any sort of you know remarks after after screenings or anyone spoken to you about being surprised at how much they could identify with it yeah yeah so we had the u.s premiere there last week um at the santa barbara film festival and it was interesting we actually got quite a quite a lot of interesting feedback from it uh, particularly there was a lot of kind of film students who were there and they were from a lot of you know US equivalents of Granard Longford you know very rural places um, and they all did see a lot of parallels like and you know even if things aren't exactly as they are there there's you know similar similar attitudes and there is kind of that kind of overlap so it was and like then there's the immediate parallel of kind of you know high school football and you know college level football where you know you're you're kind of treated like a professional nearly but there's that levels of pressure and expectation tied to a place so there was a shorthand there so it was great it was great to see and they seem to be able to get through most of the the granard colloquialisms and sayings and uh without too much uh difficulty which is good where do i have to throw a few subtitles on a few bits but uh wasn't too bad yet and for you paddy was there anything that's the yeah um yeah just on the concussion front actually i might not have even had a chance to mention this to you rob but one guy came up to me one of the film students and um he was a snowboarder reporter and he had been concussed twice and um he was just saying that the symptoms depicted were very similar to i suppose captured how he felt which was a massive relief because the symptoms can vary and, and obviously it's such a serious issue you want to do it justice so um i think to get that feedback in real time is is class you know that's what festivals are all about is having that kind of live audience and like we've been deprived of that through covid and um we had a short out in covid that we didn't get a chance to you know um you know experience with a live audience so every time we're sitting in, a, in an auditorium with um you know lots of people it's it's a surreal experience and to be in the states getting real-time feedback was was pretty crazy to be honest um and yeah as rob said it was a relief knowing that they can understand the granard lingo and um interesting enough there was a, a couple of um ladies in actual fact um 
who had grown up in Ireland, who had left in the 20s, and they were just kind of um, speaking about how they related so much to um, Danny's character, Grace, and I suppose just to have those type of conversations with um, Yanks, as we call them, um, is, is really cool. And um, it's just great to be able to, you know, make something that people on the other side of the world can relate to in that small way, you know, it's, um, it, was, it was brilliant. Yeah, and it's excellent now. I'm looking forward to uh, people getting to see it now. It's going to be it's out um, later this year or fairly it's fairly short, you know. Yeah, a couple of months just hasn't been fully announced yet, but it's coming soon. Excellent stuff. Well, guys, listen, it's been lovely uh, seeing you all again. Um, thanks for taking the time. Um, that was really informative. So um, hopefully I'll see you all soon in person. Thanks a million, Nathan. Thank thanks, thanks. Cheers, man. See you later, guys.